day or two ago, I was learning with my Chavrusa. We were learning a Gemara that Gemara appears in Shabbos as well as in Chulin. says that there were certain babies who were born, and Rabbi Nassim Abavli, he realized that there was, that there was a... The, the, apparently the baby's brothers had died because of Mila, Prince Mila, and, and Ramadan Bavli, whether he was aware of that or not, but he realized that, the, that the, the current baby, there was something wrong with it, it was the wrong color, there was something wrong with its blood. He said, wait, wait until the, wait until the baby, the, wait until the blood settles in in the proper way, then it'll be safe to do the Mila, and they did, and he saved the baby's life. Rashi explains, he told them to push off the Mila, because we know that the only mitzvahs for which one is obligated to give up his life are the three cardinal sins of Avodah Zarah, idolatry, Gilead Rayos, uh, certain sexual, types of sexual immorality, Shvichas Damim, murder. While other mitzvahs, you don't have to give up your life to, 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 to fulfill them. I pointed out to my Chavrusa that, that what Rashi says is certainly true, but the truth is, for mitzvahs I say, even short of giving up your life, you don't have to go to extraordinary lengths to do a mitzvah say. For, for, for a losa say, for a, for a negative commandment, like not violating Shabbos or not, not eating non-kosher food, yes, the person has to give up everything he has, all his money, short of his life, to not violate the, the Avera. But for a mitzvah say, for a positive commandment, which he's simply refraining from doing, that, the threshold is much lower. Rashi says it's true, you certainly don't have to give up your life, but even for a problem much less than that, you still wouldn't have to give up your life. You still wouldn't have to do the mitzvah. We're going to discuss tonight several tshuvas that deal with this point, that discuss cases of rismila. Usually we push off a rismila because there's some danger to the, to the baby, a remote danger maybe, but there's, there's some danger to the, to the baby. We're going to discuss several tshuvas tonight that deal with cases, questions about pushing off a mila, not because of any actual danger to the life of the baby, but for other lesser considerations, we'll see how the post can deal with these questions. So the first two tshuvas we're going to discuss are discussing virtually the same case, maybe actually the same case. The, the, these tshuvas are both from Poskim, who lived rough, pretty much exactly the same time. They were exact contemporaries. One is the Sefer Divrim Malkiel by Ramalkiel Tzvi Tenenbaum. He lived between 1847 and 1910, Tafresh Zion and Tafresh Ayin. And the other is the Avni Nezir, Rabbi Avram Bornstein, who he was a, a little bit, he was a little bit uh, younger. He lived from, I'm sorry, a little bit older. The, the Avinezer lived from 1838 to 1910. So he was born about nine years earlier, 1838, which was Tuf Kuf Tati Tess, to, to Tuf Rejayin, to, to 1910. So he was born about nine years earlier, and he, he, was, and he lived to almost, and he, and they, they, but they both died in 1910. These were both great gedolim of Poland. The Avinezer is probably more famous to the, to the layman, the Sachachavar Rebbe, he was a Hasidic Rebbe, as well as a great Posik. Also wrote the Igle Tal, a beloved classic, on, beloved modern classic on Hilcha Shabbos, the Lamdus and Halacha of Hilcha Shabbos. Divin Malkiel is less well-known outside the, outside the students of Halacha, but within the, the world of Halacha, he is a uh, very prominent Posik. Also, his Divin Malkiel was a, was a great classic. He was the Rav in Lamja, a great city in Poland. They both deal with what seems to have been either the exact same question or a very similar question. They both deal with a very interesting case. A baby was born. He had some kind of deformity in his legs. His legs were misshapen. Some kind of procedure involving perhaps surgery, perhaps a cast, perhaps some kind of medical intervention was necessary 
to straighten out the legs and to enable the baby to grow up with uh, properly formed legs. The problem was, when do we do this procedure? If we do it immediately, as soon as the baby is born, the baby would not be well enough on the eighth day to have a bris milah. Eventually he'd, eventually he'd recover, eventually he would get a bris milah, but it would not be on the eighth day, which is the proper day for bris milah. If we wait, if we push off the, this procedure until after the milah, then we can do the milah, but time is really of the essence. If we delay this procedure, it might not be successful, it might not, it might not fully correct the deformity, or it might, uh, it, might, it might cause more pain. So there'll be a price to pay. If we push off the procedure, there'll be a price to pay. So the question they both deal with is, should we do the procedure right away, which is medically indicated at the cost of pushing off the Mila, or should we wait to do the Mila and push off the procedure at the cost of causing more tsar and more uh, a, lifetime of, uh, a lifetime of suffering to the child, all for the price of doing the Mila at the right time? Both Avni Nezer and the Divin Malkiel rule the Mila should be done, that, that the procedure should be done right away, the Mila should be pushed off. But the arguments they make are very different. They're, 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 some of the arguments they make are very different. So let's read the two tshuvas. First, the Avinezer, it's a relatively brief tshuva. She'ela, yelad hanolad b'regel akum. He had a twisted or a, a, a crooked leg. The rofei mumcha omer, an expert physician, says, she'esh ofen liashif haregel a'ite gufsin. There's some procedure to straighten out the leg using gufsin. Gufsin seems to mean plaster or a cast. As long as his legs are still, are still soft, the baby comes out of the mother, the, the body is still somewhat flexible, even the bones. Right now, the, there's a window of opportunity to perform this procedure and straighten out the legs. If you wait till the eighth day to do the brismila and then do the procedure, the, the bones will harden. It will no longer be possible to successfully do this procedure. I have no idea exactly what the, the medical, uh, this medical diagnosis is, what the procedure is, whether in today's reality this would be the same issue or not. Certainly there are medical procedures that need to be done immediately. But th- th- this was the assumption of the doctor, this was the claim of the doctor 100 years ago, 100, 150 years ago, Dr. Nazar's time. The question was, what should we do? Ah, if you do the operation, the gufsin, this thing with the plaster, if we do it right away, the baby will be weakened. We'll have to push off the mila. We won't be able to do the mila on the eighth day. The question was, Can we do the operation at the cost of pushing off the mila? Or should we do the mila on the right day? His condition condition will be incurable if we uh, wait. We have to pay that price. Tshuva says to Avnei Nezer, If the truth is as the physicians claim, that it's now or never, the, the operation must be done now to be able to succeed. Hadavar borrowed the mutter lasos operatia. It's clear that it's mutter, it's self evident. And Avanezer gives two reasons. His first reason is the mitzvah say, You don't have to spend a fortune on, uh, on a mitzvah say. Generally, we say, many posts can say, not more than a chomish, certainly not a fortune to do a mitzvah say. Again, when it comes to a low say like eating non-kosher food or being mechal Shabbos, you do have to spend a fortune. If, a, if the only way for a person to avoid being mechal Shabbos is to spend all his money, he has to do that. But for a mitzvah say, again, it, it, obviously it's a terrible nisayin. I, who knows what I would do if I found myself in that situation. I'd like to think I would do the right thing, but I've never been tested like that. But formally, the halacha says that the, 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 there is a chiv to spend all your money to avoid doing a low say. 
I'm not judging anyone who didn't, but the, the halakha certainly is. A person has to forfeit all his money to avoid doing a losase. But to be, but to be able to do a mifsase, you don't have to spend all your money, you don't have to spend hon rav. And Avonezer says it is self-evident that for a child to spend his whole life deformed and crippled, it's pashut that that is the... That, that has the, in terms of the value system of the Torah, that has the same value as spending a fortune. Condemning a child to a life of deformity is, uh, is the equivalent of spending a fortune, or worse than that. So he says, certainly, Kolshkein, he says, Afortiori, Balmum, you don't have to pay the price of having a child spend his life as a Balmum in order to avoid, uh, in order to be able to do a mitzvah, a milah bismana. That's the first svara of Avonezer. Second svara of Avonezer is, V'od, this is a lamdash svara. The chiyuv hamila enochal rak baches. The mitzvah of mila only kicks in on the eighth day. Uvetok zayin within the before eight days during the, during the first seven days adayin enochayev. The mitzvah of mila hasn't yet kicked in yet. You know it's going to happen tomorrow. You can prepare for it. You can hire the moel. But the, in terms of the the halacha, the mitzvah's mila has not yet landed on you yet. And therefore, umutir lasos oz mitzvah kala afshay dezay yispatul mitzvah chamura kaj yischayev b'krisi besukah. Right now, therefore, I'm allowed to prioritize other things, even though I know it's inevitable that when the Zman Mila comes, they won't be able to do it. That doesn't matter. Right now, that's not my mitzvah. So right now, I'm, I'm, allowed, to, I'm allowed to attend to other priorities, even doing a more minor mitzvah than Mila. He brings a Gemara and Sukkah that says that. He says, or in this case, treating the kid, hailing the kid, he says, is, uh, is something I'd be allowed to do, independent of the Svar, that living a life of a Balmum is, is a terrible thing. Just because it's not this manmila yet, so I have I have the freedom to do what I want before this manmila actually arrives. However, he says, according to this logic, according to this second argument, you shouldn't do the, this operation on the eighth day itself. On the eighth day, the mitzvah of mila is already here, even though we don't do mila balayla. That's called the mitzvah of mila is already here. If it's the eighth day, then you shouldn't do the mila. He brings a Yushami that says, says that says something similar. This is all according to the second reason. According to the second reason that the justification for doing the mila is, uh, doing the operation is that it's not Zman Mila yet, you shouldn't do it on the eighth day where the Zman Mila has already arrived. However, he says, Latam Harisha, and according to the first argument, that it's more important to preserve the kid's uh, limbs, to preserve his, his health, is more important than, 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 than Mila. You're allowed to skip the mitzvah of Mila to, to, to ensure the child's, uh, to treat the child and, 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 and heal his, his problem. Then it's mutter, even haya mutter, afilu biyam chesvadi. Then it would be mutter on the eighth day, according to that first argument. Halachlamaisi says mikolakom im efshir lamayr atikun b'tach shiva. If you can do the if you can do the operation before the eighth day, schedule it in advance. That's better because vadim mechuyv latzkei lachos tamasheni. Then you could be yotzi the second reason as well that that it's not the eighth day yet. But if you can't, he holds you can even do it on the eighth day because of the first reason that the that the need to provide appropriate medical care for this child, even though his life is not in danger, outweighs the mitzvah of doing mila bismana. Then, Avinezer has one last uh, interesting comment. He says, What is this mode of therapy that we're planning on doing? If it's actually an operation, he says, I don't think you should do the operation at all. Forget mila. I don't think you should do it, period, he says. All operations are dangerous. I don't trust the doctors that this is uh, a good idea. Even though the doctors promise us it's safe and it's recommended, doctors in the 19th century were not really uh, all that good. Uh, experience shows that we can't trust the doctors. They have a lot of overconfidence and they're not really all that good. 
I don't know that he would say that today with modern medicine, with that, our much greater level of understanding, our much the medicine in the 19th century was, was a fright. You read, you read the stories of that time, the doctors operated on half-baked theories, there, there was very little sense of rigorous scientific method, they had all kinds of, the, the, theory, the theory was was wrong, it wasn't backed by experience uh, more often than not, and all, all in all, medicine was a, uh, was a rather uh, perilous occupation back then. So then he felt doing an operation, cutting this kid up on the, because the doctor thinks it'll work and be a good idea, he's a little pessimistic, he's a little cynical about the assurances of the, of the 19th century medical profession, he doesn't recommend operations at all, he says. If it's not, again, if it's not life and death, if it's uh, cutting the kid up and then the hope that the doctor will cure him is, is, is not recommended, he says. However, he says, ach, gufsin, if you're talking about a cast, some kind of plaster treatment, he says, it's not really surgery that we're talking about. Then we go back to his original psak, he says, you can, you can do the gufsin, even, even, even uh, that, uh, certainly during the first seven days, because then you have both svaris, even if you have to do it on the eighth day, you can do it on Makmas Tamarishan. Halakha Lamaisa is willing to be Selmech on the Tamarishan by itself. Even if you're doing it on the eighth day, with Mitzvah's Mila already kicks in, you don't have the second Svara, you still have the first Svara, that it's more important, it's uh, that the need to, to, to save this child's health, to, to save him from a life of being deformed, that's such a, uh, that, that's such a great need that overrides the Mitzvah to Mila Bismano, even if the dilemma is on the eighth day itself. That is the psak of the Avnei Nes. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jason. You were saying? I'm sorry, I was talking to Zipporah. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Okay, so Rabbi, I have a question. While listening to the to the tshuva about mitzvah say I was expecting to hear something about a mitzvah that involves karit and whether it's karis or whether it's different or not. Yes. Um, so, so, so it's, Aaron's raising an important point. Most mitzvahs in the Torah, mitzvahs, mitzvahs losa says come in several degrees of severity. Los, lav, lav, sh, some lavim have malchus, some lavim have kare, some lavim have mitzvahs based in. Mitzvahs essays are generally, the, generally similar in their halachic status. They generally are just mitzvahs. They don't have onshim. There's no malchus. There's no, there's no mitzvahs based in for, for mitzvahs essays. The one, mitzvahs essays generally don't have karis. There, there are two exceptions. There are exactly two mitzvahs that have karis for a failure to perform them. And those are Mila and Carbon Pesach. So, so Aaron is suggesting that Mila is not the same as any ordinary mitzvah. Perhaps Mila has a higher standard. We will discuss that far a little bit later when we get to a third tshuva, the tshuva of the Marcheshes. We'll, we'll discuss that. Uh, the Avnezer does not bring that up, but, but we'll discuss that far a little bit later when we discuss some of the other tshuvas. So, yes, so keep that in mind, and we'll get to that later. Thank you. So, the different Malkiel discusses, again, what seems to be the exact same case or a remarkably similar case to the, he was almost an exact contemporary of the Avni Nezer. Aldvar, Shinolad, Yelad, Viraglo, Akuma, Vamar Harofe, Asher Ke'es, Bodhat, Simrach, Yuchlu, Lahaisheres, Raglo. Right now, window of opportunity, while the leg is soft and flexible, we can straighten it out. Kishasimu Haregel, Betoch, Gifts, we can put the, the foot in some kind of cast, some kind of plaster. Uvaofen Kazeh, if we do that, however, Layuchlu, Lamolo, Bismano. We can't do it because she gifts. Why you can't just take it out for one day and do the mila, put it back in? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but apparently that, that was not a practical solution. If we uh, put it on the cast, then it's, he's locked into the cast, and we can't do the mila bismano. In loyasimu case, regal gifts. If we don't do this cast procedure now, then not only will we have to wait eight days for the mila, we have to wait till the, till the mila heals, which will be even more time. 
then the bones will have hardened. It'll be difficult. Maybe not impossible, but difficult. Can we go ahead with this procedure immediately, which will entail pushing off the Mila, the same Shaila as Avni Nezer, it's actually a fairly long tshuva, but it's a page or two, but, it, but it's a, he's going to give a brief, brief response. Hine, he says, first he brings up the Avner far. maybe the basic need, the Avner first far, the basic need to save this child from a life of uh, deformity, maybe that is ground for pushing off the Mila. Says the different Malkiel, no it is not. If we don't do the procedure now, it'll be difficult, it might not be successful. That is not sufficient grounds for pushing off Mila Bismana. As I began the, the, tonight's discussion with Rashi, you need Sakana to push off a Mila. At least Sakana Saver is going to lose a limb. Having a deformed limb is not losing a limb. Post can say a limb that doesn't work at all, like an eye that loses its eyesight, maybe that, that, that's like losing the aver. But a limb that's not straight, that, that's not comfortable, that's not called Sakonas Aver. The office Sakonas Aver, he says, even if we are talking about Sakonas Aver, Kaimlan Barachayim, Simishin Chavches, Shein Doka Shavit Molacha Daraisa, that is not grounds for, for Achil Shavit Molacha Daraisa, Sakonas Aver, at the discussion of the Postkim. Harvey Post conspiracy after Drabarnana Delka. Some say that Sakana Saver is not even grounds for uh, not even grounds from Lacha Drabanan. This is a question that comes up sometimes. It happened to one of my sisters once, I think, a number of years ago. Uh, someone falls on Shabbos and you know, no 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 serious harm, not gonna uh, no danger to life or even limb, but uh, there there there's a cut and it needs stitches and, and and if you don't get get to a hospital, then uh, then you know then then the child will have a scar. Is that grounds for Achil Shabbos, Daraisa, or Drabanan? So it's not so clear. It's not so clear that even with Drabanan, that that's grounds for Bimachal Shabbos. So even Sakonis Aver is not so clear, certainly if it's just a question of a, of a scar or something like that. Okay, we're not going to get into that shallow right now. I, I don't have the literature for that off the top of my head. However, he says, so the first Farah of the Avnei he rejects out of hand. He doesn't address Avnei argument that even for a lot of money, you don't have to do Mitzvah, say, in Kolshkein, uh, Deformity, he compares it to Chil Shabbos, which, as we said, is a losase, which is a losase bekum vase. So again, the, the the argument from Shabbos seems to be uh, not persuasive. The, the, the standards for violating a violating an avera biadayim for doing an action of Chil Shabbos are much more stringent than for simply refraining from doing an ase, as we see from the fact that you know you have to spend all your money not to mechal Shabbos, you don't have to spend all your money not to a mitzvah ase. So really, his argument from Shabbos uh, does not seem compelling at all, but. One way or another, he rejects out of hand the Avinezer Svara that that the that the need to avoid a life of deformity is grounds of pushing off the Mila. However, he concludes the other Svara of the of the Avinezer. The second Svara he concedes. Since at the time that they're doing this procedure, they're 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 tied, they're wrapping up, they're 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 doing this thing to the foot, it's not yet time for the Mila. Since right now it's not this man Mila, later it'll be too late, you won't be able to do the Mila, that's fine. And again, he, he's still working, the Avnezer brought a riot from a Gemara in Sukkot about Mitzvah Saseis. The Divinal Kiel is working with the paradigm of Los Saseis. He brings a famous discussion in the Chuvah Surivash, and we passed in this way in Shulchan Aruch, he says, 
A person is allowed to embark on a voyage before Shabbos, even though he knows for sure he'll have to do Machal Shabbos. This is a famous Gemara. The Gemara says you're not allowed to start a sea voyage within three days of Shabbos, not on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're allowed to start on Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. And the Gemara, the Rishonim have a number of different explanations as to why. The one sheet that we follow in Shulchan Aruch is that we're talking about a case where he knows that in the course of the voyage on Shabbos, he will have to Machal Shabbos. That'll be mutter. It'll be Pikuach Nefesh then. But are you allowed to set out on a voyage which you know will entail Chil Shabbos, Machmas Pikuach Nefesh? So the Gemara says, yes, at least the first three days of the week you're allowed to. That's what we pass in Shulchan Aruch. Shemutter lots his Kodim Shabbos, Machmas Yedua, Shemukhal Kal Shabbos, Pnei Sarkana, Ludvar Mitzvah, Mutter lots the Arab Shabbos. For Edvar Rishus, you're only allowed to go the first three days of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. For Edvar Mitzvah, if you're going for a mitzvah, you're even allowed to go on Erev Shabbos. There is a sheet in, in the Balitosis that even Parnas is considered a mitzvah in this context. It's a constructive, uh, worthy endeavor. But whatever the definition of mitzvah is, in principle we see there's no Isra of Chil Shabbos. You can't be Mechal Shabbos for Parnas, obviously. But the point is that there's, there's, no, there's no real Isra, Meikra Din, Medaraisa, to set out on a voyage which you know will entail Chil Shabbos. You're not supposed to do it. Chachila, Medrabani, you're not supposed to do it the first three days of the week, uh, the last three days of the week, unless it's a mitzvah, but mikra din, it's mutter. The reason is, again, as we just explained, which is what Avinezer agreed also in a second reason. When you're actually embarking, it's not Shabbos yet, so there's no Isser involved, and there's no Chil Shabbos yet. Later on Shabbos, there'll be a chashash lakana. Then you have mutter lachal Shabbos, and I don't have to worry about that now. Right now, uh, before Shabbos, there's no iser. Right now, before the Mila, before the Yom Shmini, there's no iser. And, and later, you'll, you won't be able to do the Mila. But uh, that's fine. So again, as long as... Uh, so, so again, as, as long as it is, as, lo- as long as it's not the eight, as long as it's not the eighth day yet, he says, he says you're allowed to do it. That he says, lo, he, since it's lo higiyah dayins manamila, after nezer second svara, therefore it's mutter. Then he says, v'yeshlar benidan didan mutter lach b'shragal af apachet megaliyam kodem shmini. Even within three days of the meal, you're allowed to do it. Even though on Shabbos we said you're not supposed to travel within three days of Shabbos if you, if it will involve kol Shabbos. It's certainly a mitzvah to treat the child to, 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 to cure his deformity. That's certainly a mitzvah. If you do the operation later, it'll be more painful. Both to increase the chance of success and to limit the pain. That's certainly a mitzvah, and therefore the three-day rule wouldn't apply in our case. So Lahalacha he agrees to the Avnezer, but only because of the second reason. Only because it's not yet Manamila, it's not yet the eighth day. If it would be the eighth day, Afrenezer says it's still mutter, because at the end of the day, it's legitimate to push off a mitzvah, even the mitzvah of Mila, for the sake of curing the child's deformity. Divin Malkiel says absolutely not, unless it's at least Sakanas Ever, that is not grounds for pushing off a Mila. The rest of the tshuva, he goes on, he goes on at some length, he says, even there is a Radvaz, who's Cholik on the Rivash, the Radvaz says that some Rishonim say, there is an Isser of traveling on, during the week, if you know it'll entail Chil Shabbos, but that's only because he says, again, here he makes the chilek finally between being over in Avera Biyadayim and just not doing a mitzvah. He says, there, you're going to be over Chil Shabbos Biyadayim. You're going to tie knots. You're going to you know, light the engine and so on. You're going to do Chil Shabbos Biyadayim. Here he says, you just b'shev al not doing the mitzvah, he says. And that's, and that's okay for the, uh, as long as it's not the Zman Milia. 
He has a number of other arguments. He goes back and forth. He has a whole pilpul on this. And the, he brings a famous Gemara Menachas. At the end of the tshuva, the Gemara says, Rav Katina was, was wearing garments that were in Chayav and Tzitzis. They didn't have four corners. He was, he was wearing different types of garments, and he was avoiding the mitzvah of Tzitzis. So a Malach remonstrated with him. A Malach told him, reproved him, and said, what happened to Tzitzis? And the Gemara explains, even though I don't have a chiv to put on tzitzis unless I actually wear a begot of Dalit Kanfus, but the Gemara says, Be'idun derischa and shinana say, that Hashem has tainus, Hashem is upset at people who avoid mitzvahs. That Gemara implies, As we discussed recently in a share, that's one of the primary sources for the idea, for the, for the reason we wear talus katans during the day. You don't have to. The Torah, the Torah says, if, according to most posts, there's no chiv to do that. If you wear a garment of four corners, you have to put on tzitzis. If I don't, I don't. Nevertheless, the, the, there's a universal minute to do it. And the reason is, one of the reasons is, because the Gemara says that Hashem is unhappy with people who find ways to avoid doing mitzvahs. Some posts can say that that Gemara is really only talking about where it was the style. People normally did wear garments of four corners, and you're going out of your way to avoid it. Manazeh, that wouldn't apply, because the, our style is not to wear garments of four corners. But be that as it may, there is a minhag, there has been a minhag for a long time in Klal Yisrael to wear a begashal dal kanfus. Ramosha goes so far as today as, to say as today it's actually a chiyuv because it became a minhag, and then the minhag is mechayev you to do it. But mikra din, you don't have to. And, uh, and, and even, though, even, even the fact that Mal- the Malach was upset, that was only because, that was, uh, the says, that was only because he had no real reason, he says. There, there was no reason not to do it. He was just uh, avoiding a mitzvah for, for no good reason, so the Malach said that's not right. We're avoiding Mila for a very good reason, to save the child from a life of being crippled. So again, all building on his original svara that you're doing this before the mitzvah of Mila kicks in. And that's why it's mutter, like the second svara of the Nezer. So again, the halachi comes out that it's mutter. He, his bottom line is, Ladina raglo. Ladina, he agrees it's mutter, he should do it right away. And then do the Mila whenever the doctor says it's safe to do it. So you have to wonder, when you're dealing with a tshuva, it was written Allah Lamaisa, even though he rejects Avnezer's svara, he did have another svara to make him. If he would have been asked in a situation where there was no other svara but Avnezer, it was already the eighth day, it was already time when the Mila was already chal, would he, would he have actually said, Usr, let the kid grow up to be a cripple? Or would he, or would he have been found a reason to be Samach on the first svara? It's hard to know. Lahalacha, he does not seem at all to accept the, the svara that avoiding the deformity is, is, is grounds pushing off the Mila, but Lamaisi was Mekel anyway, so it's hard to know. Maybe he, would have, maybe he would have pursued the matter further if that would have been the only heter. But Lamaisi, we seem to have a fundamental machlokis here between the different Lachil and the Nezir. They both agree that there's a heter when you're doing the operation before the Zman Mila, when it's not the eighth day yet. If it would be the eighth day, the Avni Nezir says it's still mutter because the, the great need, it's like any other mitzvah say. You don't have to spend a fortune. You certainly don't have to accept the terrible price of the child growing up deformed. Dib Malkiel says, you do, you, apparently you would have to pay that price, he seems to say, as long as it's not Sakonas Nefashers, or at least Sakonas Ever. It's, uh, there's no other heter, you have to do it. For some reason, it's not the same thing as spending a lot of money. However, it's much for the other reason, as long as it's not the eighth day, then he was making. Rebel Yashuv, I, I saw one of these uh, newsletters I was, I, was, I was Googling for more about this online. I found that there's a newsletter where they print Torah for Vlyashev. And in this newsletter, they say this, they say this is from, they, they print what they say are a number of questions he answered the last, the, the last day he spent at home, before he was taken to the hospital from the, for, for, the, for, his final illness, for his final illness for which he died. He answered a number of questions on, the, on this day. 
many questions. One of them was as follows. There was a baby who was born underweight. He was 2 kilos, 2 kilograms, and 200 grams. 2.2 kilograms works out to about 4.85 pounds, I think. So the bris, the, the bris was scheduled for Shabbos. The father of the mother of the baby, the baby's maternal grandfather, was a, was a city rav, a municipal rav, and a mohel. And he said, in, in general, mohelim don't do bris milas on premies if they're too small. Exactly where the cutoff is, whether in terms of, uh, in terms of how, how, how preterm he is, how much he weighs. Mohelim have their various standards, various standards that they use. I have a couple of nephews, twins, who were born preemies, and there was a whole discussion about exactly how, how much weight they had to put on before they could do the mila. So in this case, there was an argument between the Rabbanim. The baby's maternal grandfather, who was both a, a municipal rav and a moel, he said, 2.2 kilograms, 4.85 pounds, we do not do a bris mila. The father of the baby, however, he had a rav, and this rav was someone who they considered to be a more distinguished rav than the, than, than the man's father-in-law. He said, no, 2.2 kilograms, that is, that's fine, we can, do the, we can do the bris. So the father wanted to listen to his rav, but his wife was going to be very, very, we have a very, very hard time with that. She would be furious with him if, if, if he ignored, if he risked her baby's life, I guess, and he ignored the opinion of her father in favor of his rav. The, the mother, was going, the, mother and the, the mother, the wife, was going to be very, very angry and upset if they did the bris milah. And he would never forgive him. So, the, so the, this poor fellow asked Shiloh, what should I do? Should I do the bris milah bizman? Or should I, uh, I, I and follow my rav at the expense of, uh, of enraging my wife? Or should I listen to my wife's father and postpone the bris? Rav Yashiv, again, it's hard to know. They, they claim these were transcribed from recordings. Rav Yashiv, this is, again, toward the end of his life, and he was, uh, he was not apparently... Uh, he was not apparently the most um, loquacious and gracious uh, on the best of days, but he said, a question about the wife? I don't understand. Why, why, who, who, why, why, should the, why should the woman get to decide? Since when does the woman get to decide these things? So he dismissed the woman's concerns and says, do, basically do the mila according to the rabbinic, the, the superior rabbinic opinion. So the follow-up question was, this is an Avni Nezer. Avni Nezer, the Yashav, apparently always talks about our Avni Nezer, who says, that you don't have to do mitzvahs milah, not just when there is a financial cost, a, a high financial cost, even when there's a high other type of cost, in his case, of the baby being uh, deformed to sell life. So the father of the son said, the, the, father of the, the poor father who was torn between his wife and his rav, the father said, I'm desperate not to anger my wife. I would rather spend all my money than to anger my wife and my father-in-law. So... Let's apply this to Avnezer. Avnezer says that non-financial costs, when we assess them to be greater than a hon rav, are also grounds for pushing off a milah. So maybe we can argue his, this, this, this poor, desperate fellow's desire to preserve shalom bias, maybe that also, according to Avnezer, is grounds for pushing off the bris milah. That was the follow-up question to Rav Yashiv. Rav Yashiv responded, What kind of argument is this? He dismissed it out of hand. Again, no real explanation for why, but he, he thought this was preposterous. Um, a third and a fourth uh, follow-up, or other questions on the same general topic. They asked Rebbe what do you actually hold about a 2.2-kilogram baby? Can you do the bris milah? Rebbe said, Dover you do it. This is a well-known thing that we do bris milahs on babies who are 4.85 pounds. It's fine, and the milah can go, you can go ahead and do the milah. The final question, 
This is a question I, I heard uh, someone else tell me this. Someone else told me this also a while ago that he heard a version of this question, maybe the same version. Final question was as follows: Someone had a son. The father-in-law couldn't make it to the bris if it would be scheduled at the right time on the eighth day. The father-in-law, who was rich, told the son, told his, told his son-in-law who was making the bris, if you, if you do me a favor and postpone this bris to the ninth day where I can make it in, I will give you an apartment worth a million dollars. He bribed him, he offered him a bribe to push the mila off one day, a, a bribe of, a, of an apartment worth a million dollars. This Avrech has no dira of his own, and he's being offered a dira worth a fortune, is a mutter to push off the mila to the ninth day in order to, to not, not to please his father per se, but in order to make a million dollars. Is that a good cheshbon? Again, I think uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Michal Frank mentioned he heard a version of this to me. I think he pointed out for that much money, he could just fly out to his father. I mean, I guess the, I guess the babies are not really supposed to fly at that age, but can, you can get a you medevac the baby out or something to the, wherever the father is and... Uh, and for the million dollars. Okay, but that was the question that allegedly, ostensibly, Rabbi Yasha was asked. Rabbi Yasha's answer again was, Ka'elus Faris, like, what, what, what kind of nonsense is this? He says, of course you can't do that. Again, why or why not? Doesn't explain. In order to get a, uh, another perspective on this last question, where money's involved instead of, uh, instead of securing a deformity, we'll turn now to one final tshuva, and that is a tshuva in the Sefer Marcheshes. The Sefer Marcheshes is a, uh, was, was a great 20th century classic. It was written by another European postic. This is Rav Chanoch Henoch Agus. Agus. He, was, uh, he was a Rav in Vilna. He was a, a successor to Rav Chaim Ozer. He was, uh, he, he was an outstanding, not Polish, the, the, the previous postkim, Diver Malkiel, Avinezer, were great Polish postkim. He was an outstanding Lithuanian postic. He wrote the, the Sefer Marcheshes is a collection of, of his tshuvas, some of them are lumdish and so on, but uh, this one was halachal apparently. And uh, he, was a, uh, he was a famous goan in Vilna, was killed in the Holocaust. He was, he actually, it's interesting, he was, he was famous for being somewhat uh, opposed. He, he was a reactionary, he was opposed to the, 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 the brisker lumdus, the lumdus of Rav Chaim Salavechik, which was sweeping the yeshiva world at that time. Apparently, in the Haktama to the Marcheshes, he's... Yeah, I, I, I saw it many years ago. I haven't seen it recently. I think he, I think he talks about being old-fashioned and that this newfangled stuff is not for him. He prefers to learn Torah the way the previous generations learned Torah. But he was, he was a great Lamdan, a great uh, Lithuanian Lamdan. And his Marcheshes is a 20th century rabbinic classic. He was about 30 years younger than the other Rabbanim. The, the previous two, we said, were in 1837, 1830, 1838, 1847. He was born in 1864, and he died in the, in the Holocaust, and he was killed in 1941. So he, but he was, he, he was not asked about the, the plaster of the cast question, about the medical question. He was, asked, he was asked the following question, a somewhat different question. He was asked by another Rav. A certain person, a person had a son, and the Mila was supposed to be on Erev Shabbos. It was a very busy time. There, there, there was what, what, this, every Arab Shabbos, this particular Arab Shabbos, it was a uh, very difficult time to find a mohel. All the mohelim were not available, weren't willing to come and do his mila. The only mohel he could find who was willing to travel in and do his mila, I don't know where he lived exactly, but the, the only mohel he could find who was willing to do the mila was a, a mohel who was asking the exorbitant fee of 400 marks. I don't know exactly how much the marks are worth back then. I, I haven't done the conversion, but apparently it was a small fortune. And not only that, but Avi Ben Chay of the Chukim, I'm not actually sure how much 400 marks was, but in particular, the, the father, the father here was uh, was poor, 
and he didn't have he didn't have much money. And if he would if he would wait to do the mila until after Shabbos, the pressure of finding a mole would have eased up, and he could have found the mole for free of bischar muat. So doing the mila bizman as opposed to a couple of days later was going to cost him the was going to cost him a fortune of four hundred marks, so or or close to that. The question was, is that uh, to save this money, is that ground for pushing off the mila? So that was the question posed to the marcheshes. Or do we say, mitzvah mila, very important, you should do it. <laughs> says the says the l'chara, there's no shayla, he says. Because just like the Avonezer said, hare klal amru l'chal mitzvah, there's a general rule that applies to all mitzvahs, even mitzvah veris, even a mitzvah which you'll miss the time and you'll, you'll, you'll have to simply fail to do it. Ein adam person does not have to spend all his money to, to, to be able to fulfill a mitzvah. This applies to all mitzvahs, even tefillin and mezuzahs, mitzvahsun is kalayamim, every day, every day you miss the mitzvah. Even if you, even if you put on tefillin tomorrow, you haven't cured today's lack of mitzvah. The mitzvah is every single day. Tomorrow doesn't, doesn't make up for today. So he says, still the halacha is, if a person doesn't have tefillin or mezuzah for one day, he doesn't have to spend a fortune to do the mitzvah. He says, in this sense, tfil, tfil, so Aaron asked before if Mila is more chamer because it has karis. In, says in Marcheshes, he thinks it's just the opposite. In, from a certain perspective, tefillin and mezuzah are more chamer than Mila, he says. Tefillin and mezuzah, the mitzvah is every single day, mezuzah every moment is to wear, tfil, to, is to wear tefillin, put on a mezuzah. If I put on tefillin tomorrow, he says, that in no way makes up a failing to put on tefillin the day before, he says. I just lost, I completely was mevatel a mitzvah for one day, he says. He says... Mila is different. He says, Mila, even though I have to do the Mila on the eighth day, I have to do it on the right day. The mitzvah is only to do it one time. It's not a separate mitzvah every day. I don't have to do another Mila tomorrow. There's a mitzvah to do Mila once in my life. Ideally, I should do it the first day, or the eighth day, or and the first day possible after that. But once I do it, I did fulfill the mitzvah. I just didn't do it at the right time. In that sense, he says, Mila is less serious than, than Tefillin. Tefillin, if I, if I don't wear Tefillin today, I completely forfeit one day of Tefillin. I will never fulfill today's mitzvah of fillin again. Mila, there's one mitzvah to do mila, and I did it tomorrow. I just missed it today, but I did it tomorrow. I did the mila, it just was late. That's different. So he says, in that sense, mila would be, in that sense, mila would be more kal, mila would be more lenient, he says. And certainly, therefore, he says, you're not to spend all your, not spend all your money on the mitzvah of mila. And therefore, a fortune like 400 marks for this guy, he says, would, you would not be mechayiv. So contrary to what we might have assumed, that, 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 Mila, is, uh, that, that, that Mila is more Hummer because of Karis, the Marchesha says just the opposite. He says, that, he says that Mila is actually more Kal. He goes on, he has a lot to say about this. His tshuva goes on for several pages. And he says, he, eventually, in the middle of the tshuva, he, he returns to the fundamental question, how does Mila compare to other mitzvahs? He says, well, let's consider this from another perspective. What's the source for the mitzvah, of, for the idea that we don't have to spend a fortune to do mila, he says, for the, uh, to do any mitzvah? The source is from a Gemara that talks about tzedakah. It says a person who spends money to, 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 on tzedakah shouldn't spend al shouldn't spend more than a chomesh on giving tzedakah. Tzedakah is a very great mitzvah, he says. Mitzvah tzedakah, gedolim mikala mitzvahs, it's greater than all other mitzvahs. Anyone who uh, averts his gaze from tzedakah, as though he did have a dezarah, Chazal tell us, and there's a lav also, lo sa'amets, lo sikpatzis yadacha. There's a lav in not giving tzedakah. Nevertheless, you still don't have to spend more than a chamesh on tzedakah, he says. And the same thing applies to mila. Furthermore, he says, tzedakah includes all kinds of variations of tzedakah, even pidyon shvuyim. Pidyon shvuyim is a mitzvah rabbah, chazal kol. Chazal say there's no mitzvah that's greater than, than pidyon shvuyim. You can sell a sefer for pidyon shvuyim. 
You don't sell Sefer Torah to Dumila, he argues. And he says, therefore, he says, in a, in a, from this perspective, Tzedakah also is, I don't know why he doesn't bring the, the question of Chiyav Karis. Maybe he does in another part of the tshuva. I, I didn't read the, the entire tshuva from beginning to end. But he says that, he argues that Tzedakah is a Tzedakah, in particular, Pridyan Shvuyim, is a greater mitzvah than Mitzvah's Mila, as is evidenced by the fact that you sell a Sefer Torah for Pridyan Shvuyim, not for Mila, he argues. Therefore, he says, Mikolshke, Mitzvah's Mila, Dekilomine, certainly Mila, which is more kal, you're not mochayif to spend all your money. He goes back and forth on this again, but this is his inclination that you are not mochayif to spend all your money in order to do in order to do mila. The same way you're not mochayif to spend all, all your money to do other mitzvahs. He says, and therefore that is basically his conclusion. And he says that very similar to the Avnezer, just as just as Avnezer says, you're not mochayif to, to condemn the child to a life of deformity for the mitzvah of mila bismano. So the, the Merchesha says, and, and it's the same idea, you're not mechoyev to spend a fortune if the only mole you can find to do Mila Bismano, if Mila Bismano is going to cost you a fortune, then you're not mechoyev to do that. You can, he, he inclines to the view that you'd be allowed to push off the Mila in order to save the expenditure of a fortune. Going back to Rabbi Yashif's case, the, the, the case about the, the fellow whose father promised him a, a million dollars if he would push off the Mila, it's not the same thing, because in halacha we often distinguish between losing money and opportunity costs, not getting money. In many areas of halacha we say that there's a heter of hefzid maruba, not, or hefzid, but not necessarily a heter to make money. So certainly you could argue that even according to the marcheshes, that to avoid losing a fortune, to avoid, let's say, losing a million dollars, you could push off uh, the bris mila. It, it doesn't follow that to make a million dollars you could push off the mila. If a person's house is burning down, you know, the, maybe he could push off the mila to, to save his house from, from, from burning down. But, but to get a new house, like in Rabbi Yashav's case, maybe not. I'll call upon him. This is the, th- these, are, these, are, these are three classic psakim of the Avdinezer, the Divan Malkiel, and the Marcheshes. They all allow pushing off mila in cases of great need, although the reasons they give are somewhat different. The Avdinezer and the Marcheshes rely on the fact that mila, like any other mitzvahs I say, you're not mechayiv to spend a fortune. So you're not mechayiv to spend 400 marks if you're poor. You're not mechayiv to condemn a child to a life of deformity. The Dibram Malkiel argues that deformity would not be a reason, although, again, his raya from Shabbos is hard to understand because low sasseis are different from assays. But the Dibram Malkiel seems to argue that to avoid deformity would not be grounds in and of itself if it would already be the eighth day. But when you're making decisions before the eighth day, then we can argue that the mitzvah is not here yet and a person always has the, has the right to do something important, to do something significant, but it's something that he has, he has a reasonably important need to do, he's allowed to do that before the mitzvah kicks in, even if later, at the time the mitzvah does kick in, Shabbos or the eighth day of Mila, even though at that point he'll, he'll, he'll be unable to do a mitzvah or he'll have to do an Avera because of Pekuach Nefesh, that's fine. As long as he started to do it when it was still, uh, before the mitzvah was Chalyet, the Malkiel was still Mekel. So they're all Mekel, albeit for different reasons. The Avinezer and the Marcheshes were Mekel because of, fundamentally, the mitzvah of Mila, as important as it is, is not important enough to require you to spend a fortune or to accept a lifetime of deformity. Dibram Malkiel was Mekel because since those are good reasons and the mitzvah of Mila is not chal yet because it's not the eighth day, therefore, since the mitzvah is not yet uh, in effect, the, you, you can do things today for a good reason that will prevent you from doing the mitzvah when this man mitzvah does occur later on the eighth day.